0: To episode three, uh, Stuff and Nonsense, a place where you will find loads of stuff and a little bit of nonsense. Look, I'm Joe, the one that's not all Northern Irish. I'm Anella, the one it is. So <laughs> Anella, look, we were talking earlier, right, mm-hmm. about your record collection because you was a DJ, right? So uh, what did you find? Go on, I want to see some well, gems. <laughs> I was going through them because I actually got rid of a whole pile of them because
1: there's no point in them sitting here gathering dust and I don't play them, so I took out... Ones that I did want to keep, Uh, I got Toya, Four from Toya, Um, Divine, You Think You're a Man, which we'll talk about later, I think. Um, One of my favourites, I've got a lot of David Bowie here, Phil Spector, The Crystals, some Motown. I love this, An Emotional Fish, do you know that song? No, I don't. Who sang that? Well, they're called An Emotional Fish, the song is Celebrate. (laughs) I, I used to sort of finish off my radio show with that song. And one of my other favourite bands is the a band called The Four of Us. From mm-hmm. they're from Newry here in, in uh, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And of course, I've got some Elvis. Another Bowie track. Loads of Bowie tracks here. One of my favourites, Rebel Rebel. And it yeah. he's
0: got the little disc in, missing in the middle because obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. And I remember back, I back. Yeah, back when I was a, a mod in the in the early eighties. We used to share records so you'd lend them to people oh. and people would sign the sleeves so they would all... So I've got all these albums that have all these messages and stuff and, and people's signatures all around them. It's kind of fun.
0: Now, were well, you inspired me to go and have a look in, uh-huh. in the loft and, mm-hmm. uh, well, I didn't realise how I many... I've got some old 78s up there as well, but I couldn't even lift them down. 78s? So... 78s, 70? yeah. How 78s. old are you? <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just... my mum has 78s. Anyway, so, but I thought my very first song... That my first record, I should say, that I bought mm-hmm. was, um, don't laugh, but I thought it was Puppy Love. <laughs> <Doc> Oswald, <right? laughs> and Nothing wrong have, with that. No, but when people have asked me, that's what I've said that I've bought, right? And <clears> now <throat> I wish I'd have spoken to my brother before because I don't speak to him that much, but he rang up the other day and said that i went into a record shop with him because mm-hmm. there was a song that i loved and see if i can it was uh ken booth oh i love ken it's booth the, for the all the decades before i've been telling everyone it was donny osmond and puppy Love.
1: <laughs> and it's actually it? and you're actually cooler than that because you've got a trojan I know, everything what? i own well it's funny because my first record i ever bought was *Pass the duchy by musical youth so kind of that must
0: have been the same era yeah. right Mm-hmm. yeah but anyway look we should get on to our next guest right because i guess today i'm a little bit overexcited right is the duchess of the dance floor right and she provided uh-huh. stock. <laughs> yes you were the duchess of the dance floor not. um but, <laughs> but hazel provided stock aching and waterman with their first top five hit and for people that might not know who uh, they were? Um, in the eighties, they were producers: Pete Waterman, Smike Stock, and Matt Aitkin, and they produced around three hundred hits. So, yeah, they used to Aitken. churn out. They used to mm. churn out hit after hit. Do you remember Kylie, yeah, yeah. Rick Astley,
1: Mel and Kim, yes. Sonia, Jason Donovan? Don't forget Jason Donovan. And uh, I don't think I had quite realised either until I was sort of researching this. Is that Divine uh, was you're you think you're a man that was on their label as well
0: yeah i didn't know no, sorry, it
1: wasn't on their label it was it was produced by them yeah.
0: it was on the proton label but i love that song really love that song and, and of course so one of their first successes from our guest who is none other than the queen of high nrg <laughs> <laughs> is hazel
1: dean yeah sister? i can't wait Aww. i can't wait till she comes on Hi. Energy. enough
0: of that come on Belle, hurry up
1: <laughs> there, we go. Yeah, there she is there she is let her in hi hazel welcome to our virtual home the stuff and nonsense zoom hq yeah. stuff and nonsense that's sounds- it <laughs> well it, it kind of is a lot of stuff and, and then we there's always a load of nonsense with myself and joe so that's
2: <laughs> yeah. i'm sure that's- i'll come up with some as well
1: oh good good
2: <laughs> i usually do <laughs> So,
0: Hazel Dean, you're, you're the queen of the dance clubs, right? And your voice mm-hmm. is the sound of the 80s. And you happen to actually be one of my top icons of that era. And recently, rightfully so, you got a nod from Russell T. Davis uh, by playing the track, Whatever I Do. And I have to say, wherever I go as well after that, on, on this groundbreaking <laughs> series, It's a Sin. You're yeah. also the proud patron of Sorry Pride.
1: Yeah. And we were, we were just talking earlier about the first records we ever bought. And mine uh-huh. was, <laughs> was Pass the Duchy by Musical Youth. And Joe's was Britney Spears hit <laughs> me oh, my
2: God! You're going to ask me what mine was. Yeah, wasn't yeah. Do, do you remember? I do, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Is it that um, embarrassing? Well, it is a bit, yeah. Well, no, I love it. It was uh, The Carnival is Over by The Seekers. Oh right! Nice. Do you know that song? I do. Yes. Nice heart. Can you sing it for me?
1: I know. Uh, <laughs> I am a terrible singer. <laughs> the carnival
2: is over. La 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 la. See, I like melodies even back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you that cover that? Good. Did you ever do a cover of that one? Uh, no. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> <that> I didn't.
0: <laughs> uh, well, that's The
2: pace then? did change as I went down the line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh Yeah. But look, I know
0: you started playing, some am guitarist, so I know you started playing off by playing the guitar, but mm. where did you realise that you had that voice?
2: Um, the voice came a bit later, really, because um, I, I, I started to, I learned to play guitar um, when I was at school when I was mm. 11, 12 years old mm. um, and, and found that I had a natural sense of rhythm. Mm. Do the movement there, that's the... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, I used to be in a school band and we used to do oh, a lot of stuff like um, or The Shadows, all that kind of, there was a lead guitarist called Jeff and I, I was the rhythm guitarist. And it all sort of started from there really, but I never really started singing until probably I was about 13 or 14 and I joined a sort of little, more of a local dance band. Hmm. And we go around doing little gigs all over Essex and just sort of happened to ask me one day if I, if I could sing basically. So I said, well... I had sang you know I'd done some backing vocals in some of the bands and uh, I said well well, yeah I I can sing so that's how it kind of started really just singing and I used to sing a lot of sort of more jazzy type songs obviously pop songs of the day um, but um, yeah I I found that's how I found out I had a singing voice.
1: You know I heard the other day that you you were saying that you've been in the music industry for nearly 50 years?
2: It's kind of hard to believe. Well, no, it is 50 years. It is 50? It's 50 years this year. But to be honest with you, I was in it beyond that, really, because I'm talking to you now about days when I was a semi-professional, when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually became a professional when I was 17. So that's always been your life as a music industry? It's always been my life. To be honest with you, even before I learned to play the guitar, I was always so fascinated by I loved the Beatles. I loved all those female singers, Dusty, Scylla Black. Oh, yeah. I loved all. I loved everything from the 60s. I loved all the bands as well, but I've uh, you know, always been a big, huge Beatles fan, and um, I still am and always will be, really.
1: Were you ever a fan of the, the local band
2: Small Faces in, in Essex? Um, I did like the Small Faces, yeah. yeah. I, I liked most of the pop bands around mm. that time. I loved all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah they're, they're
2: from your
0: area. Yeah.
2: yeah, they are, yeah. Oh, no, I love it all. I love all that stuff, yeah. Because
0: mm-hmm. yeah. you started, like, really sort of cutting tracks for Decca Records back in, I think it was 75, wasn't it? So
2: Yeah, I, I um, I met a guy called Paul Curtis, who I... So through the 70s, I started joining bands, big bands. Um, back in those days, we used to have the Mecca dance halls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was fantastic, really, because they were like it was all life you know great big dance bands smaller groups used to have the revolving stages and um so i i i, I was i was singing in lots of different bands at the time mm-hmm. and um and, and so you know that's where i as i say i i trod the boards you know i learned i learned my my craft mm-hmm. um but um I met a guy called Paul Curtis. I've been singing in bands for for quite some time and I wanted to do something different. I was in like what they call residential. So I'd be singing in. I used to work at the Cat's Whiskers in Streatham um, and various dance halls, actually around the country, I suppose. Um, But I decided I wanted to do something different. So I joined this band that worked on the road, travelled.
1: No, I was just going to say, just as you mentioned that, I've been a big Northern Soul fan and I, I can really hear the influence of Northern Soul and some of that high energy. And you work with Ian well, yeah, Levine.
2: I do have a link with Northern Soul from I mean. Yeah. So I met this chap and I joined his band. And Paul Curtis, is a um he used to write, do a lot of stuff for uh, he used to write a lot of Eurovision songs actually, Song right. for Europe. Right yeah. And um he was a singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. And um anyway he loved my voice. I sang in his band. I left that band after a while because I actually didn't particularly enjoy what I was doing so I left. Right. um, but we kept in contact, and through him, I started doing working with him in a studio, so about a little bit before mid seventies probably just 70, 74 maybe mm-hmm. i um I started working in a studio, so that's the first time I would hear my voice in a studio uh-huh. recorded right. and well, I loved what I heard. I, I thought well, it really sounds great. You know, it's funny when you hit. You know, when you hear your voice the first time back in a studio, it's really weird because you're so used to singing live all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through Paul, I—that's uh, I, through Paul—I got the Decca record um, uh, deal. Uh, we, we recorded some tracks, and funny enough, I did sing a song in 1976. I sang in the song for Europe. That's when Brotherhood of Man won it with "Save Your Kisses right. to Me." but I was in Song for Europe uh, with a big ballad.
0: Uh-huh.
2: and uh, But we recorded a couple of tracks that um, we did a version, of very sort of à la Gloria Gaynor, um, never can say goodbye sort of type of sound, um, mm-hmm. with live orchestra. I mean, oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but unbeknown to me, I, I did a track called Our Day Will Come. Which I love it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. and I also sang a song which Paul wrote called Gotcha Where I Wantcha, Babe. I was going to mention and both of those. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, um, they were huge Northern soul classics, and I didn't know that. Right. And because of that, it's kind of because of that, I like, actually, further down the line in the 80s, I sang Searching. Mm-hmm. Because Ian Anthony Stevens, who wrote and produced Searching, used to be, he's Northern, and he used to be on that scene, and he, and he knew my voice. Mm-hmm. And It's funny how those things link up.
1: I was going to ask, how did Ian Levine come into all of this? Because he didn't you work with him
2: on something? I did work with Ian. Yeah, Yeah. Ian Levine did the his very first remix was on Searching. Mm -hmm. So is that is that how did he change or affect your sound in any way? Not no, not really. Not Mm. Ian. Mm. Um, He just did what Ian does. but I also did a lot of writing with Ian in the '90s, mm-hmm. and he did do one or two remixes. So I've, I've, and I, I have sang a couple of his songs on, on um, "You're My Rainbow" which is an Ian Levine um, song. So mm-hmm. you know we've sort of, um, I've worked with him quite a few times.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, so that they're, they're all the sort of obviously in between all those times I did session singing. I did all sorts of stuff. So um, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, that's that's really interesting because I even yeah. think even that Northern Soul sound that you had. And, and pete waterman of course was a northern soul dj and of you can really yeah. hear that
2: influence in some of his yeah. well yeah. It, you know if you can and of course it's got that and the tamla motown it's yeah. it's it, it's all sort of linked in a way isn't it yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah well especially like you signed about searching obviously with ian levine i mean and that was a huge hit in the gay clubs not just but oh, yeah. well. it was like obviously in the in europe as well all over um, the world yeah, before it went kind of mainstream as well, sort of like a, a year after, you know. So, and you went flying as well with I have to say whatever I do, wherever I go. I have to say the whole title, or is yeah, just right? But that was <laughs> the first top five hit as well, first Stock Ake in the Stock well, They yeah. must have loved you for that. So, what was it like working with those guys in the early days?
2: Oh, in the early days, it was lots of fun. I mean, um, I uh, I actually uh, met P. Waterman before I worked with him because. Um, uh, searching was out. It was number six in the charts. So I've got to get it the right way around. <laughs> um, but I bumped into Pete. Um, no, it was before Search became a hit um, because I actually got one of my own songs. Um, I had a song uh, in the last eight, a song for Europe back in 1984. Be- before, I- before Searching became a hit, it was like the early part of the year because you-, you know what's going to go into the last eight, so they're probably in january february no actually you know it before christmas so you have to get your song prepared mm-hmm. so i got my song in the last eight yeah. for song for europe 1984 sunita was in that year as well singing a song funnily enough that's when i met pete waterman because barry Evangelis, who used to run proto records he put me together with pete because pete that's what pete used to do he had a a, a company called lucerne productions and he used to put people together producers singers so he put me together with this, this producer, and um, and it was a ballad. And, I, and in 1984, I actually sang in the Song for Europe again with one of my own songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't win. But the decision we had made is Searching had been out in the clubs through 83, and I'd been working all the clubs and going to America, blah, blah, blah. And we said, if we don't win this Song for Europe, we'll re-release Searching. So in 1984, I didn't win Song for Europe, and so we re-released Searching and... You know the rest is history as they say thank goodness mm. you didn't win then that's why yeah saying. well in a way yeah i was it was i was a bit i wasn't very happy at the time i can say <laughs> and i said so like, never, never again <laughs> yeah. doing, in, uh, oh, in, doing... in those
1: in those days of the the, the factory and and as they were churning out those hits did you see other
2: other artists in the corridors was it that busy <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I did, but um, I mean, it, to me, the, the best times were the early days, mm-hmm. you know, because after after Searching had been a hit, I bumped into, uh, again, at Proto Records, I bumped into Pete Waterman, and and um, they were doing some stuff for, uh, some other tracks for Proto Records. Mm-hmm. And Searching was sitting at number six in the charts, and I hadn't got follow-up. Right. So he said, well, what, what are you doing then? Oh, what's happening, kid? He, you know, it's called everyone kid. <laughs> He's not that much older than me, <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, I said, "Well, it's, it's it's a bit tricky, really, because you know, I'm, there I am. It's lovely. I'm sitting at number six, but I don't have a follow up." And he, he literally said to me, "You must come and meet these two guys I'm working with. These two new guys. Um, we're doing a, we're doing some tracks down at the Marquee Studio." So he said, "Come meet them." So off I trot to the Marquee Studio. There's Mike and Matt sitting there, and, and the track I hear. Because the marquee studio at that time was like that what you know it was a fantastic studio the sound was just superb mm-hmm. and um i heard the backing track to uh, you think you're a man divine hold that uh, hold that thought oh <laughs> <not perfect. laughs>
1: how funny would well, so, you know yeah. we were t- we were going through our records they were talking about going through our records and i i came across that like oh, how funny i, knew I, that. I yeah. knew I had it and i loved i used yeah. to play because i dj in yeah. london
2: well that's the track i heard in the yeah. studio Great track! I, guess, I went oh my god this is fantastic this is perfect mm. and then we we came up with uh whatever I do wherever I go and again it just well it, it was their top five first top five single
1: yeah
2: oh so, you cool. know it was it was fantastic so you' you've toured quite a lot and you have you've had success
1: all over the world from yeah Europe, South Africa, the US, Australia and beyond. Um, I even remember seeing a poster for you when I was in Corfu in the 80s on a holiday. <laughs> did you have a favorite place you like to perform a favorite city in the US
2: or um, I, I used to I mean I, I, people ask me my favorite club it's not really the club itself, it's the people in it oh. so I mean most places they are fantastic you know you have good you have bad but nine times out of ten fantastic time and those those early days were brilliant um i used to love going to america mm-hmm. i went to america first in 1983 to promote searching mm-hmm. and another track called evergreen that i had out at the time yep. and i i used to go to america every year from 1983 onwards to i think my last sort of tour there was probably 91 but like for 11 years um i used to go every year for about a month or so and, and tour I mean, it was hard work, but yeah, we used to fly everywhere. But we used mm. to, uh, we always used to finish up in uh, Florida, mm-hmm. and I, there were two clubs. There was one in Fort Lauderdale and one down in Key West, and they 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 were called the Copa, right? Be owned by the same company. So we always used to finish up down there and uh, do the Copa Fort Lauderdale, and then go down to Key West, and I used to spend a week or so. Oh God, I used to love it. But did I, you just chill? To, do you yeah, just chill. And um, yeah, but I love the whole thing I, uh, America, you know, if it's all going great in America, it's lovely because you get to the airport and there's a great big limousine waiting. It's all over the top, you know, mm-hmm. champagne in the back, but I just used to, <laughs> used to love all that, you know, I used well, to, yeah, do no, did one. you ever, do you ever make it up to Maine where I live? The, um, up in the north of Boston? I did once, I did do a, a place in Maine. Yeah, Don't ask me. Yeah, I'm in Portland. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Portland. But well, I life. did do something up there, yeah. Because yeah. I and I did do a few. I did. I used to go to Boston as well. I used to sort of go all over the place. But yeah, I yeah. do. I only once and it was in the very early days of searching. I remember going to Maine. So yes, yeah. So, yes. I <laughs> 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 yeah, they were great times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. talking about. that, I mean, one of my one
0: place I always wish that I would have gone was uh, like Studio Fifty Four. <clears throat> you even. Oh, went I did there, Studio Fifty Four. Yeah, I did.
2: Like yeah, that? yeah. It was weird because. Yeah. Um, I wasn't actually but I've got a funny story about that one actually because I'd already done a show that evening, an earlier show in Brooklyn and I'd gone back to my hotel room and I was all I was in I was in bed and I'd taken all the makeup off <laughs> it, and there was a knock at the door and it was some hideous time in the morning. It was my manager at the time saying, Hazel, and um, how do you feel about doing studio 54? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, this is a strange time. When? Now <laughs> um yeah, because Michael Brown, do you remember Michael Brown? Do you, know, do, you, do you know an artist called, well, Michael Brown had a big, big record called So Many Men, So Little Time. Oh, that, that name rings a bell, yes. Well, well, Sunita did a version of it a few, couple of years ago. That's probably higher, yeah. So, uh, Michael had a huge, huge club hit with it. Mm-hmm. The, the only reason it wasn't really a hit is because of the lyrics, that Radio 1 wouldn't play it. Right. And it was always a little bit of a rival record with Searching as well at the time. But Michael had uh, Michael was ill so she couldn't do this show this particular night and uh, so that's how I ended up I had to get up do the whole thing get the makeup on and put the clothes on and off I trot I mean some you know it's about three o'clock in the morning and uh, I mean it was packed and I my show was on a, I had to sort of go up this I was on like a a, a cage thing and um, and it sort of ran the length of the stage, but it was—I was looking down on people. I mean, it's totally over the top, but it was fun.
0: <laughs> they, they did let you out, all right. They wasn't locked in. But eventually, anything. yeah, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is, is there video footage of that? I'd love to see that. <laughs> it's funny,
2: but yeah, that, so that was my experience with Studio Fifty Four.
1: But yeah. <laughs> so from from Studio Fifty Four to Top of the Pops. Mm. So anyone watching this on YouTube or listening on a podcast that's over the age of forty will remember fondly the BBC. Top 40, where we all tuned in religiously to watch Top of the Pops. What was it like to be on that show back then? Yeah, it
2: it was, I mean, obviously it was great to get it because you knew that your uh, record was going up the charts. You knew that you were going to go into, I mean, when I first did searching, I'd literally just crept into the uh, Top 40, Mm -hmm. but you knew you were going up. And if you get Top of the Pops, that's it was the thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it, my experience at Top of the Pops was everybody was, because they knew what the show was all about, it was so important to do that show. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone would, um, and I too, so you, you kind of would go off to your dressing room and, and just sort of, I mean, I know some people would hit the bar probably and stuff, but um, I, I was one of the ones that just, I wanted to uh, sort of just compose myself all the time because I knew how important this show was. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you you did see people in the corridors and things, but everyone was so sort of concentrating on what they were going to do, and, and um, so it was it was a bit like that. But it but it was great to do. I loved it. And then once you get on there and do it, it's it's fabulous. Yeah,
0: yeah there was mm-hmm. a lot of miming as well back then, wasn't there? And
2: well, it's not miming. It, it's called lip syncing. Oh, okay. you, you, if you watch Drag Race, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, Start your on Drag Race. You know, you know, people say about. The, the mining or, or whatever you want yeah. to say but you know lip syncing has its own it's, it's quite an art form in its own way uh, yeah and because i would lip sync yeah but i'm still singing i'm still belting it out mm. but sometimes i uh, see i was a person that used to think actually i don't mind this because sometimes the sound on on a show and the bbc used to be really not so good with sound sometimes sometimes mm. the sound is bloody it was Excuse me, is awful. <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Um, and I, I actually hadn't. I didn't have any problem with it at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm good at. I was good at lip syncing. So and like you say, it's <laughs> not. Definitely. You still got to rehearse it. Yeah. You, you've got to get it spot on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, the, so uh, it's uh, not been, as easy as you think.
1: On that note, as well, of the performance, uh, top of the pops. I was revisiting some of the footage on of Top of the Pops and noticed that you have some pretty decent dance moves. Did you did you have a choreographer or, or were you left to your own devices? Oh no,
2: they were all my own. Well <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, oh, I don't know. I've never been told that before. Um no, I just sort of used to go with the just the trend of... of dancing at the time without going too much over the top. Oh. I'm very much into the hand movement yeah, and fun. i use them a lot these days i can't i can't move around as fast as i used to so i'm very into that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: thank you for that that's it <laughs> um, like and, and in 2012 i've heard you say it so many times before so it's one of your favorite gigs at the o2 with the hip oh yeah we was playing with sanita and kylie and not forgetting matt and pickers uh matt, and <laughs> no, <laughs> Mick matt and Pat. Pick. Well i forgot them already because i can't even Pat say their names you Pat mean and Mick.
1: little a- chunk
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> um yeah yeah great and uh oh yeah i mean that that was such a great night it was so well it was just so nice to see everybody and everyone was relaxed you know the um and steps were there mm-hmm. um ronnie gordon was there uh, it was fantastic um yeah that was that was the best night one of the best nights and and, and um and also it's just great to to do the the o2 as well the arena it was great Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just, you know, the other artists. It was all the people that used to work at PWR, people I haven't seen for years. Right. And we had a big party afterwards. It, it was lovely. It was a great evening. It Was, was really it like good. a sort of family environment? Was It was It was, a... yeah. Well, it was always a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. No. honestly, it was the best night ever. It, I really enjoyed that night. It was fantastic it's
0: a sin right so recently rightfully so as i've said earlier you got a nod from russell t davis and they yeah. played one of your tracks uh, lives of a group of gay men uh, and their friends during the hiv and age crisis in the uk how did you find out that you was going to have one of your tracks in the massive hit for channel 4 and hbo for the american listeners
2: well i i had um I, they actually got in contact with us um last year in fact and said um uh I think it was warner brothers because all, all this emi stuff now it's all it's all with warner brothers and um and they approached me about you know they'd like to use the song on the show so um i said oh absolutely definitely yeah so that's you know so i knew over a year before it actually came out that they were going to use the track but they really got it because you know that there were you and some others
0: that were going to the gig still like early hours in the morning and it must have been strange seeing like less of a, an audience of your fan base. It's, it's got a bit. It must have been really difficult for.
2: Yeah, me. I mean, what it, it was, it was. Um, I mean, the first. I mean, obviously, I I had heard, you know, talk of 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 AIDS, but didn't didn't really register, um, in the very early days. Um, but it was 1984 i think and I, I always remember it was a how when it first hit me and re, and i realized oh my god this is this is this is really bad um i used to do a, a club in brighton i think i think it was called the pink elephant and um and uh, i had been doing it since the early days ever since searching really back in 1983 when it was you know still a club hit and a uh, fantastic place and uh, and um I always remember there was a to get into the club, you'd you come in and you'd hear the music thumping away. And I used to arrive about an hour before I'd go on for the performance. And I'm walking down, you have to walk down a staircase to, to the actual room. Now I could hear all the music thumping away. And I, I, I walked down the the I walked down the staircase thinking, oh, oh, we'll have to, you know, get through the crowd to get to back to the backstage. And, and I, I walked into the room and, and it was, I mean, there are a few people there, but basically it was more or less empty. And it was like. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I, I thought at first I thought, oh my god, perhaps they don't know I'm on tonight, or or something like that, you know. Um, but then obviously, chatting to various people, and it, and it was it was because people were frightened to go out because of the AIDS virus, mm-hmm. and that was my first sort of encounter with it,
0: really. Well, I think that's why you know the community, um, even generations after that, you know, are, are still loyal to you because you was always loyal to them it means a lot
2: mm. yeah well i think you know i mean th- that happened and uh I, I, it, it wasn't i think once people knew that you couldn't get it by touching someone once they were people and myself included once you became a little bit more educated about it then you realize you know as long as you're set, sa- you keep safe like we do now mm-hmm. um you're going to be fine and, and and it was the other person that he mentioned was uh, was uh, was kelly marie and we we just carried we carried on but a lot of people didn't they wouldn't go into the clubs they wouldn't do the shows and and um and i carried on yeah. because you know when i was promoting searching they were everyone i mean the first club i ever did for searching was heaven and, and it was like i felt like a goddess walking onto that stage when i sang searching the first time and, and th- there was always this. It was almost like a love affair in a way. You know, it, 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 there was such great feeling and, and love and, and um, I, I, I wasn't going to throw all that away, you know, not just because I knew that I, I was safe. And, you mm. know, no, it was horrible. And, mm. and, and you know, and you would see... Sorry. I was just going to
1: say, even back then, there was so much misinformation about about it that was going around. Yeah, well, yeah. We, even you yeah. can see that in, when you're watching It's a Sin, you, you know, they really touch on that as well. With yeah.
2: The, but I think they uh, on its sin. I think they really captured, you know, the, the feel, the whole feel of the time. I mean, it, it it made me feel like, especially in the in the pub they were in, and, and I used to do lots of pubs, and 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 uh, you know, you you really did get that feeling of 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 the eighties. You really did. You really did get that feel for it. It was it was so well done. It really was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I saw things in that. I mean, I I mean, I did go to hospitals. I did I did go. I did one Christmas. I did. We um, it was me and and um, and Lee John and and a few others. And we we did. A, and it was it was heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking.
1: Is this in London? London? Yeah, I
2: I did. I went to the Westminster Hospital. I can't remember the other hospital, I did, but I, I think we went to three or four hospitals. And, and I just came mm. home. Obviously, it was so upset. It's yeah, really well, awful. but yeah. in that um show um it's a sin i didn't realize that that um how awful it was for them in the very early days when that when that you know when that poor guy colin was put into that awful room and they locked in there yeah yeah uh, oh god that was that you know i had no idea me, me neither no i was really shocked yeah i mean mm. it's
0: a, it was a very hard watch but i do say to everyone you must watch it because yeah i think it, definitely yeah as you say hazel it really captured that time i mean i started going to the clubs uh, a little bit later in the 80s but it was still, it was still affecting people. People were still. Oh, it becoming, was. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and for it, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And still, people still hadn't educated themselves enough as well, or still hadn't got the the correct information through back then as well. You know. No. No. You're I mean, right. I, I feel terrible with that, but I can remember every time I went into a gay bar, I'd be cleaning the glasses while I was drinking a pint, and that that's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's that. It was that kind of feel still for quite yeah. a few years after that, Hazel. So. You being there in the early days, and especially, which I didn't know, you going to the hospitals and stuff, it's uh, pretty, amazing. Mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Very valued,
2: yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I did, I did lots of, um, you know, uh, uh, I did loads of little sort of events, you know, charities and things to, to raising money and all. And for Terence Higgins was the first one. So mm-hmm. I did quite, a, so over the years, I did quite a lot of stuff for, mm-hmm. um, you know, for Terence Higgins and various um, charities at the time. Going back to the sort of Pride, uh, you're, you're quite an
1: esteemed member of the Pride Power List. And for those that haven't heard that title before, it's the definitive guide to the 100 most influential people in the LGBTQ plus community who are dedicated towards true equality and inclusion. You're also very involved in Pride events. As we talked earlier, you're connected with Surrey Pride. How did, how did all that come about?
2: um well I, I have actually been singing at Pride now for um 38 years this yeah. year um i actually in 2019 i did i did get a um an award a gay a gay icon award and with, that i was given to my last pride i did that year in, in chester mm-hmm. i did chester pride and, and i got that award there so congratulations I bit, yeah, yeah thank British. you i was really up with that yeah and uh and then surrey pride um Stephen asked me, I, "Had I been to an event? Yeah, I did um, an event for them. Like, Oh God, no! It would have been Christmas of 2019, and um, they had a Winter Pride, and um, and I did the Winter Pride for their theatre in Woking, mm-hmm. and um, and then after that, um, that's what they, they asked me if I would be um, uh, their patron." And then i um and, and before we went into lockdown in february last year i mean i which something i'm I, I have real problem because i am dyslexic um i did actually make a speech um so that that was you know i was very nervous about that so um but uh anyway i i re- I rehearsed it and rehearsed it i had it all written down so um yeah i, th- I think i delivered it okay so and that so that was the start of that mm-hmm. and um and it was all sort of looking good and, and then we went into lockdown um, But I, well, I have we have been doing i've done quite a few bits and bobs for them over over, over the year you know mm-hmm. uh, i doing like we did we've done some radio things and various bits and things bobs i saw them off when they when it was gay pride last year they they actually got a um, couple of vans and they uh they went around to all the different sort of places in uh in surrey all the different towns it was really good yeah. Stephen. Are, are lovely and i i went up to um i got up at some awful hour in the morning where we went into kingston to wave them off but, <laughs> but uh yeah so i do various things and we keep in contact so um yeah so the last one we did is is this um that was that was the last little thing we did
0: yeah we the, definitely wanted to but, talk about that yeah
2: so we keep doing bits and bobs you know the best mm-hmm. we do what we can
0: yeah, I mm-hmm. yeah, saw so Rick Hastley on, because uh, obviously I follow him as well on Twitter, <laughs> obviously, right? They, yes. yeah.
2: well, we live in the same village, you know. <laughs> Did we live in the same village? Oh. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, we live just up the road. He had one of these in his window. I walked up and put it through his door. Yeah.
1: <laughs> do you see him at the supermarket? <laughs>
2: um, Tesco's? Well, funny enough, we do have a little Tesco's here, but I haven't seen him. But Becky has, who you spoke to earlier. She she's but she bumps into him quite a bit, but yeah, on the, on the odd occasion, yeah. I had, I did bump into him one morning when I was walking the dog. But uh, no, Rick's lovely. He's he's a really lovely guy. He's yeah. really sweet. And it, yeah. it's great to see him
0: supporting it. But he didn't get because you've actually been signing
2: them as well, haven't you? I they signed the, the back. It's a hundred, I think, hundred and fifty. Yeah
0: and i know yeah. you're not recouping any of the costs and all, so 100 of all the profits of everything is is going to to um yeah. Pride sorry yeah um, well it's not so. great fortunes but it's just something you can do you know so where can we get one because did rick nick the last one or what so. um, <laughs> you can you can get them from um i sorry pride yeah so of course
1: prides festivals gigs all been cancelled lately and we're now looking back to a year of lockdown with this covid pandemic how has that been for you have you been able to just to spend more time with family or focus on yeah
2: i mean the last two shows i had were just before lockdown funnily enough i had i I don't remember the dates it was the 6th and the 7th of march Mm -hmm. last year yeah and um well you know i find the best way to sort of get through it is is I keep to a routine more or less, mm-hmm. especially in my weekdays. Weekends, I will chill out a bit more. But weekdays, get up quite early because we have a daughter. She has to go to school. I take her to school because so she doesn't have to go on the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, she but I mean, she's been fantastic because she has been you know she's been um, at home and and doing stuff at home. She's does her GCSEs this year. But, I mean, obviously, I'm not working. Um, I, obviously, I have to keep my voice in trim as best I can. In fact, I did go out because I don't have a sound system at home or I didn't. I went out and bought a little thing called a singing machine. Right. It's a bit like a karaoke, really. But I've got a little sound. I've got, well, I've actually got quite a big sound system, but I incorporate that in with my sound system so I can, you know, I have a a live microphone so I, I, I can rehearse the show and, and do a bit of singing. So are your
1: neighbours getting a little Hazeldean rehearsal?
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I lock down all the doors. <laughs> I have well, sometimes when people walk by out the front of the house, I, I, if I'm in there, it's in the other room, um, I can see that they obviously can hear the thump of the bass drum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Fine, I could hear them going like this. I could see them going like that. You,
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> you should put stand up. outside with your CDs on as well. So, you know, you could stand while
2: you're doing them. The it's like a live uh, gig, No, no like, I don't think you. so. No, no, no.
0: That is very tacky. No, it is. I, Joe. I, it's me. That's what i saying. If it was I'm thinking. It She's it a proper
2: Essex girl. I'm yeah. <laughs> anyway,
0: of earning a buck, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be wheeling out the lemonade as well, so they could have refreshments <laughs> halfway yeah.
2: through. Yes. <laughs> no, I don't go that far.
0: Is, is there any gigs or exciting plans that that you've got pre-booked that that well, you'll go for?
2: Yeah, I've got. I've got. Um, my, my, well, hopefully, my first shows are meant to be the end of June, and one is, is a was one is a no one is a Let's Rock because I'm doing Let's Rock again this year, which is in in Leeds. Mm-hmm. And I'm Got one the night before but i'm not 100 sure yet in kettering i think that's a little a festival as well but i, I um i, I, I don't that only came in last week so i don't think i've signed contracts but yeah i've got i've got some let's rocks in a, a few prides so um wentworth uh, i'm doing that later on in the year so i have got some things in but yeah. whether i do them or not is yeah, yeah i've <laughs> even i've even got a show for new year's eve excellent Where <laughs> what are you doing new year's eve then it's a pub in greenwich Okay. the georgian yeah. dragon it's great it's, oh yeah it's,
0: i know the georgian dragon yeah our, uh,
2: the duchess runs it we're, we're old friends ah. so uh, so uh, we're hoping because the biggest thing for me is i'm really nervous about singing indoors i'm i'm yeah. I kind of can deal with the festivals i think so i'm hoping i'm hoping i can do them have you done any virtual stuff streaming the only thing I did, well, I've done lots of interviews. I, now I've done loads of things, you know, for Pride and, and chats. I did a silly thing on on my Facebook called H- "At Home with Hazel." Right. That was quite funny. Stevie did it with me sometimes. That that was fun. I've done lots of things like that. It's the nice. only thing I did was for Let's Rock. Right. They they, they wanted something, and, and that's the only thing. But I knew I'm I'm really funny about singing at home and and. Yeah. I'm really fussy about sound and everything. And then, like I said to you guys, I don't have a sound system. Whereas some people do. They haven't set up at home. I don't. So lastly, Hazel, I,
1: is there one fact about you that we may not know? Putting you on the spot here, is there something you'd like to share? Maybe not, but if there's something you'd like well, to share no, that you think anything. that we...
2: No, well. not really. think so. No.
0: Okay. Well, so, I've got, there's one thing I can obviously see at the background, is your Easter display. Yeah.
2: That's oh, yeah.
0: I mean. <laughs> so, I've been fancy yeah. Cadbury's eggs since I've so seen a, um, There is a fact.
2: Yeah. Uh, Steve, they go mental. Christmas, you should see it at Christmas. I just go out. Usually I go out working, and then, then when, I'm, when I come back, Christmas <laughs> has arrived. I don't have anything to do with these displays. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little flower wreaths as well. Stuff everywhere. Little figurine, are they
1: little rabbit figurines?
2: Oh yeah, little rabbits. Mm-hmm. All sorts of rabbits and all the Easter eggs. It's everywhere. I mean, I actually, I'm in the kitchen. The tell, me, is- tell me the rabbits aren't chocolate, are they? No, no. <laughs> otherwise,
1: yeah, otherwise I'd be eating the ears off that. Oh, they've got little fives <laughs> on them. The <laughs> no,
2: they're not chocolate. <laughs> But there will be
1: chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you a chocolate fan?
2: I'll eat a little bit of chocolate. I don't eat much. No, yeah. I do like. I do like your nibble. Yeah. <laughs> then
1: <Don't> we all. <laughs> don't go too much, especially when I come back here, because American chocolate is terrible. But uh, yeah, when weird. I come back here, I just go mad for a week. Mm. Well,
2: yeah. when I when I <laughs> used to come back from America, when I used to do tours. Yeah, I'll tell you something about me. I used to. The first thing I would do and eat. Because I always used to get the the plane used to um, I used to arrive here early in the morning, and the first thing I would eat was with beans on toast. Oh, <laughs> <Well>, beans <laughs> over there are tea just uh-huh. cool. their tea is awful as well. So and their beans, uh, their beans are awful. Yeah, beans on toast and a nice cup of tea. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so I think we've reached the quickfire round of this episode. Oh, this, this is, is going to a- tell it's going to tell us a little bit more about Hazel Dean. Yeah. I think actually. Oh. It's a very easy start, very easy start. Tea or coffee?
2: Oh, I like both. What's first thing in the morning? Tea. Tea. And then a morning, only one coffee a day, morning coffee. Mm-hmm.
0: Scone or scone? Scone. Mm. So if you could only choose one cover to sing, would it be Addicted to Love or Never Can Say Goodbye? Never Can Say Goodbye. Yeah, a tune. Oh, I love that, yeah, that song. Absolute mm. tune, that, yeah uh cats or dogs dogs yeah have you, what dog have you got i oh, know you've got a dog cockapoo very cute so if you had a choice which
2: country would you
1: choose to tour in
2: oh um australia because i've no, i have never been to australia yet oh yeah, flight flight. it's a long flight that's what puts me off yeah, i've done it it's awful yeah <laughs> yeah that's the only
1: thing that i don't fancy beautiful place i'd love to live there but that flight
0: so childhood hero oh um the Beatles. great one yeah uh pineapple on a pizza yes or no yes mm, well done. yeah <laughs> red sauce or brown sauce red <laughs> last thing you watched on
1: tv uh, holby city records or cds cds <laughs> And lastly, what music are you currently listening to at the minute?
2: Oh, what's the last album? It, um, it, there's a new. Uh, there was a Neil Diamond album, album um, out at Christmas with the London uh, Philharmonic, oh, um, right. I, I, I really like him as a songwriter. I think he writes great songs. Yeah. And it's it, if you. I don't know if you like Neil Diamond. Mm. Don't like everything, but he writes some great songs. But it's it, it's fantastic the orchestrations, and so that that's the last thing I listened to cheers hazel it's
0: been a real absolute joy um and and we wish you every success and health as well best of health in the rest of 21 but before you go could you possibly remind us where we can find out more about you and any more future performances
2: you want to plug yeah i just go to my website or my facebook but our website will have all the performances and stuff
1: All right, well, thank you for listening to Stuff and Nonsense. Our guest, again, was Hazel Dean Singer, Empress of Europop and LGBTQ plus ally. (laughs) It would be great if you'd show us some love by leaving us a review. You can like, subscribe, retweet all that other nonsense, then you won't miss any of our Stuff and Nonsenses. Find us us on the Stuff and Nonsense show on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the Stuff and Nonsense show.
0: I get far too tongue-tied. That's why I never uh, always does that little bit. The, and I have a bit of a lisp. I have a wee bit of a lisp as well, so it sounds this uh, stuff you know? <laughs> yeah, but, but thanks again, Hazel. So goodbye, Anella. All right, goodbye, Joe. Goodbye, Bye, Hazel. Hazel. Bye.
2: You have been listening to the Stuff and Nonsense Show with Joe and Anella. Today's guest was Hazel Dean. You can read more about Hazel at hazeldean.net. That's Hazel spelled with two L's. And please show some love by liking and subscribing to the Stuff and Nonsense YouTube channel. Social network links are on Linktree. L-I-N-K-T-R dot e forward slash Stuff and Nonsense show. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as Hazel says, hashtag turn it into love.